I'm away from the mic. I think you sound okay. Yeah. But I'm not. <laughs> Can we make art louder? This is not as easy of a fix as when we were in the studio. Is that better, better, better? Echo. <laughs> okay, good. Welcome to Bundle of Hers, everyone. This is Herjeet, and in the virtual studio, we have Bushra and Margot. What up, guys? Hey. You all, I'm going on to neurology, and I am freaking Your out. favorite uh, rotation ever? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, sense the sarcasm in my voice. Oh, what a struggle. Harjeet, maybe you'll get to work with Dr. Renner, and that will make it better. Ooh, unless you don't work with Dr. Renner, in which case... It'll make it worse? <laughs> Um, But yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm really excited to have a conversation today with both of you about what it means to be a radical. One reason why I really wanted to talk about this topic is oftentimes we hear the word radical and it comes up in a negative context. And often it's with the tone like, why are you so radical? I think it's often associated with things like extremism. And that is something that I think we need to challenge and really challenge what it really means to be a radical. And it's, again, used to decredit a lot of people's statements. The first time I ever heard the word radical was really young. It's obviously post 9-11 world. And it was used a lot on the news to describe uh, Islamic extremists and Islamic radicalism and basically push some kind of political agenda and propaganda against Islam and Muslims as a whole. That is also when I first heard the word radical was during that time post 9-11. I've also seen the word radical pop up on my Instagram feed during the 2020 Black Lives Matter movement. You know, this movement has been going on for years and honestly, even centuries, I think, maybe not in the organized way of saying Black Lives Matter. But there is a lot to be learned about what it means to be radical. That kind of got me interested. And I started looking into definitions that I felt really solidified this concept. So the first person that I looked towards was Paulo Ferreira. He wrote the Pedagogies of the Oppressed. It's this really amazing text that advocates or leads the theory of critical thinking. And the reason I was first introduced to Paulo Ferreira is when I was um, in college, I uh, helped create this engineering program for elementary students in a, a majority Hispanic school. I wanted this engineering program to be something that was a collaborative learning environment. So he's really famous for um, the term like, There's a banking method and there's a collaborative method of education. And so he was this like philosopher of education that was born and raised in Brazil. And he was most well known because he taught 300 farmers um, that basically had no formal education to read and write in 45 days with this method. So um, his work is super powerful. Um, In the book, on page 39, he explains the word radical like this. He says, the radical is committed to human liberation, 
does not become the prisoners of a circle of truth within which reality is also imprisoned. On the contrary, the more radical the person is, the more fully he, she enters in reality so that knowing it better, he, she can transform it. And honestly, when I heard that, I was like, wow, like this is what it means to be radical. It means to see a world that is like, not existing, but can exist, right? And that definition made me, you know, it really made me think about a lot of things like how do I view the world right now, right? And how do I want to view it for the future? It's, again, using that framework of critical thinking, right? To imagine a new world. Um, I really like that definition. I think that every person's worldview is based off of their experiences. And some people have to experience things that others don't, right? And so I could be a person who lives in the world who thinks that everything is solid. Everything is great. We have no worries in the world because I haven't been confronted with things that another person has. And so the idea that you would have to kind of take yourself out of your bubble, out of your world to look outside of it and to see that, you know, somebody else's worldview is that it's freaking burning, you know, that life as it is, is absolutely unsurvivable. I think for me, I started to think kind of outside of my world at a young age because, I don't know, as you advance through school, uh, uh, meet new people, and you kind of go back home and reflect on like, okay, well, why am I so different from other people? And what do they have? And what do I have? And why do we live like separate lives? I think part of it is like, you don't have words to describe those things. You know, when you're young, you don't have words to describe the things that you see going on And sometimes even as an adult, you don't necessarily want to think about those things. Yeah, I totally, I totally resonate with that. I think this is a beautiful definition too. And I am all about like the nerdy links and metaphors back to science and, you know, a radical in medicine or we talk about free radicals or something that can be damaging to your cells, but also you need free radicals and redox reactions to have positive change in your body, like for um, changing your vascular tone or various metabolic processes. And so when I read this, Paulo's um, definition of a radical, it doesn't surprise me that he defines someone as a radical who is transforming or thinking about how you can change just like the chemistry process changes something that is what he is describing here and I think that is exactly what it is looking to how you can change the system that you're in or the world around you like you said Bushra even though you may not experience it or know it you can still make a change and an impact or even like describing like why are people so resistant to changing that world like to me it's like you don't want to change something that works for you that's what I was going to say is how did this you know you started Harjeet talking about how the term radical is more of a negative connotation now and um, thinking of this definition and it makes sense why people you know I'm going to call them oppressors or colonizers or people who have set up a system 
are threatened by the idea of a radical, as Paulo has defined, because it changes the system that works for them, right? And keeps everybody in check and balance. And so a radical disrupts that. And I think that's why it has become, if we talk about radicals, like free radicals in medicine are negative and you try to like get rid of them or combat them as much as you can. And we've also in society define that as people who disrupt the system that works for the majority of people, right? Yeah. And Margo, I'm so happy that you kind of ended on that because it really meshes into the context that Paulo Ferreira said this definition in. He said that people have two consciousnesses, right? Is that right? Is Consciously, that, you know, I have you know, no idea. Me, me just putting my words that I don't, what I love it. Consciousness. Two levels of consciousness. Yes. <laughs> so there's two types of consciousness that people usually practice in, right? You have the people who believe that everything in the future is built on the past. Like we have to take what happened to the past as a context of now. Mm-hmm. While looking this up, I saw this um, critical analysis of this definition by another author, and he basically said that's where you kind of see the extremist views, right? Everything is from old tradition. Everything is from the past. This is how things are, and this is how things are going to be. Then you have this other type of thinker, and this other consciousness is things are inevitable. They're going to happen the way they're going to happen. Why should we do anything? Let's just live it out. You know, it's inevitable. If it's bad, it's bad and it's going to stay bad. And I'm not going to lie. I think I had that consciousness. I had the consciousness of life sucks. It's going to suck and it's going to stay sucking, right? (laughs) Why should I do anything? Right. That is the context he kind of speaks about how radical is different because it is breaking that circle of certainty, which I think is so important because it's almost like breaking a cycle because we can all be stuck in these like this is just the way things are going to be. Either we're holding on to the past or we're saying things in the future are just going to happen the way they are going to in the future. But it's the radical breaks that cycle. I like was looking at this and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm definitely stuck in one of them, which is that inevitable type of thinking, right? And there's a lot I want to do in this world and there's a lot I want to change. So I want to start thinking like a radical person. Do you think that you you don't think like a radical person in this particular moment in time? I think there's spaces where I do think as a radical person and even... There's spaces that in the past I've thought as a radical person, right? Because when I say breaking these cycles, the reason why I bring that up is in my personal statement for medical school, I wrote that even for my scholarships back in college that, you know, me and my sisters are breaking the cycle. So I think I've always been a radical thinker, but in some spaces, I'm not a radical thinker, right? It's at times when I'm tired and I just don't want to engage. Right. Because it's exhausting work to constantly be in that framework of thinking because you have to be constantly like engaged in a part of the process. But I mean, we are all people and we get tired and we need to rest. (laughs) I think you are a radical person. Just the essence of your of your being and just your pure like existence and anything, everything that you've done up until this point suggests that you are a radical person. I also kind of put myself in that category too. We all slip back into that 
well, I don't know. What am I doing this for? Everything seems to be going to shit. And and you know what? Right now I'm kind of exhausted. I want to lay on my couch and watch Netflix and just like forget about the world for a second. But also we need to do those things for our own mental health because this is a longitudinal battle. It's going to continue on and we need to rest. Mm -hmm. I'd also say it's an element of our identity or core and not um, something that you turn on or off, right? Like what you were alluding to, Bushra, is burnout and feeling like you just need a break and want to sit on your couch. And I think if you choose to do that, that doesn't mean you're not a radical because you still have the understanding of what needs to happen to make change. And the other aspect too, I think you talk about being a radical in certain spaces or not, but I think at baseline, if you are allowing yourself to recognize that you may not have been thinking about something radically or progressively, but you get a new piece of data or a critique, you then can think critically and use that information to change the way you go forward means you're an open and radical person because you are humble and you know the way like you know you're not perfect and that (laughs) there are things that you think about that you may not realize are not radical yet. Yeah. And I think, Margot, even that point, like you're not perfect. I think the radical thinker is always humble in their interactions and knowing that it's not that we're doing it this way. No matter what spaces, if you're in progressive spaces or conservative spaces, having that mindset like, no, we're going to do things this way. We're against this. We're, you know, like very like this is the linear path. That is the radical thinker, like I said, breaks that circle of certainty. There is no certainty. There's an image of the future of what we want this world to look like. And it can be different than what it is right now. But and I think that's so pertinent for medicine to as residents now where it's very easy to fall into Um, This cycle of like, this is how it is and we don't have any change or say in it. And you feel really burnt out. um, And it's easy to be like, I can't do anything about it and, and fall into the circle of like, what is will always be. Yeah, you fall into this place of like complacency. And because I don't know, it almost is as if uh, you're beaten down into complying or you're just beaten down into like not caring anymore, which is like a thing that you have to actively fight against. And that's where the radical thinker comes in. Like, even if however burnt out I feel right now, I still have this tiny little flicker of a flame in me that knows that this is not okay and needs to change and can change right at some point when I have more energy. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Margo. Yeah. I think the core of this entire definition is that it will change through praxis, which is practice, which is action. And so you have this consciousness, right, that you shift the way you think of things. And then you translate that into action. And I often think about this because you know, being someone who really drives my strength from community, and I believe I'm a community builder, I believe that knowledge comes from communities, you cannot change anything by just thinking about it, you need to engage with those people that are around you, you know, your friends, people you work with, your neighbor, um, the janitor at the hospital, you need to interact with these people to really understand how could a world be different for you, for me? That is, I think, the base of this definition. And after 
going through this understanding and thinking of the word, I will say that I am a radical person. And that is what I aspire to be, is to continually be a radical thinker and a radical physician. I'm excited to kind of take those next steps of action. Me too. So with that, I want to thank everyone for joining us as we discuss what it means to be a radical. We are going to continue this conversation next week when we discuss our narratives around when we became radical thinkers. Here's a sneak peek of the episode. I come from a culture that's very paternalistic. My mom was the breadwinner in our family. She had all of us to take care of. And yet, for whatever reason, the fact that she was a single mother was always a bad thing, even though she was doing her best to take care of her eight children by herself and also working at the same time. So she's being demonized in the eyes of our culture because my dad wasn't around. Yes, these are the rules that are assigned to us, but no, we are going to go to school if we want to. We're going to become professionals if we want to. Me even speaking on this podcast to me is like mind blowing. And that to me makes me so excited. I think a lot of times we feel like we have more value in our voice the more education we obtain. It's not true always, and, and that's something that society sort of has set up. You don't have to have a, any education to be able to speak radically and make a change that will be impactful for the world. 